0: this week on theme park workshop the podcast
1: we're talking about guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind the newest ride opening at disney's epcot
0: we'll talk about the story the coasterness and is it a story coaster it's gonna be freaking awesome only it didn't say freaking on theme park workshop yeah, it's rewind time now this contraption here might look like something from outer space. That's oh, that's hot. That's hot. Welcome back to Theme Park Workshop, the podcast. My name is Jonathan Edward, and I'm here with my co-host, Adam Johnson. Hi, I'm Adam Johnson. I'm the co-host. <laughs> I feel like that felt like like more professional than usual. But anyways... We're back for the Theme Park Workshop podcast, and this week we're talking about Disney's newest, latest, greatest, most epic, oh no, that's, that's not the right word, attraction, Guardians ah. of the Galaxy, Cosmic Breakout, Rewind, Mission something,
1: right? Um, you know the professionalism you're talking about, um, I hate to break it to you, Jonathan, I think we lost it. Uh, Yes, Guardians of the the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind, because you go back in time. That that song is not in the ride.
0: If they had used that song, that would have been such a dig at Universal. It would have, and I think it would have become your
1: favorite ride of all time.
0: It it might have. Screw the
1: storytelling, screw the thrill, screw Chris Pratt reading off a cue card. That would have been Jonathan Edwards favorite attraction ride roller coaster of all time because it had the back to the future song in it
0: yeah yeah that's that's very accurate very and you accurate.
1: know why jonathan It's because that's the power of love
0: that's the power of love <laughs> uh, i'm a i'm a big back to the future fan um and i sadly never got to do back to the future the ride but we're talking about the next best thing which is back to the past the guardians the
1: ride where they're rewinding cosmically the breakout is this a sequel or is it a prequel is it even in the same continuity do these things matter i think these are the questions we're going to unpack today
0: in yes. part yes we're going to be talking about every aspect of cosmic rewind so if you have not experienced it yet and you would not like to be spoiled about any aspect of the attraction turn away now x out and of the window for the
1: view leave a comment ring the bell subscribe you know all the jazz but um yeah you for your purposes you may not want to listen to this episode but come back later because we're still going to be here we don't take down our podcasts yet (laughs)
0: um so the first thing that we need to point out is that we were graciously invited to a cast preview of this attraction by our friend chandler de rocher so thank you so much to chandler for inviting adam and i out to experience this attraction and we actually were able to get two rides in on it a full queue experience with pre-show and we can kind of walk you through that so the first ride on the attraction we actually made it all the way through the pre-show and we were getting ready to board and it it didn't break down there was a an accidental e-stop and so that meant the entire ride had to be evacued and reset which meant we were sitting there for it didn't feel like an hour and a half but i do think it was about an hour and a half
1: yeah we didn't get out until after lunch i mean if we ate lunch we definitely knows after lunch but time wise it was definitely uh like 12 31 o'clock and we got there at 10 something 10 30
0: yeah it yeah and time is nebulous when you're with the guardians yeah but a- especially i just realized Nebula's not in this ride nebula is not in this ride. neither is mantis no, you're right. Not neither is Mantis, which is in a full gardener's experience. Eh, that that hmm, that might be a point to bring up later. But maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. So after that, we, we did get a good first ride. I'm not quite sure what the song was on our first ride. I, I was Disco Inferno. Disco Inferno. I thought that was very, Burn uh, Baby Burn. Very fitting song for the attraction. And then for our second ride, which was later in the day, we actually got September by Earth, Wind and Fire.
1: I do remember. Hmm you do yes
0: it's impressive <laughs> it's impressive that you remember because this ride's storyline is perhaps one of the more forgettable attraction storylines i think i think let's let's go ahead you know this is theme park workshop this is the breakdown the story the 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 greg greberic theme park story circle analysis workshop you're, you're right we've really dropped professionalism for this episode but yes the story of the attraction it starts in an alternate timeline this is not direct mcu canon but from what we can tell the events of the first guardians film are canon to this timeline this very much so appears to take place between guardians 1 and guardians 2 uh, based off of the cast of the guardians as well as you know the references to the Guardians saving Xandar, I, we say this is an alternate timeline because of the villain and the way the hex jumps work and and time travel and like this this would really mess with the with the MCU continuity if it was canon. Oh
1: yeah, Kevin Feige I think just said yes you're gonna have my cast. I don't think he said I approve of every. Inch and mile of this because I would going off of it, it's definitely based off the first Guardians more than the second Guardians again, because of that cast, but also, uh, it's big group, not baby group, right? So, you'd be like, okay, well, this is after all the Infinity War endgame stuff, but then, like, well, which Gamora is it? And it, I, I, if I remember correctly, these, uh, like Avengers Campus has the uh, Marvel theme park universe i think is what they're calling it yeah which i don't know if that's an integrated canon or if it's just their way of saying like we're using the characters from marvel's pantheon of continuing stories which some call the mcu that kind of just gives them the liberty to use these different characters without having to stick so closely to an already very dense storyline Like, where does this fit in the context of Thor, Love, and Thunder? Well, you don't have to worry about that. What you really care about is the Guardians of the Galaxy and hanging out with them. Almost kind of countering uh, criticism of Galaxy's Edge, where you can't have Mandalorian characters show up. You can't have your favorite Star Wars Rebels. Thrawn's probably not going to make it in there, you know? Uh, You can't see young Anakin. You can't see Luke Skywalker, because it takes place during the sequel trilogy, which I think they integrate it i think if in the whole storyline it's pretty fun but also as a fan of the franchise it would be nice to experience those other parts of the story but but with with uh the way disney parks is treating marvel you you don't have that restriction there go the whole timeline bloop bloops
0: this is very true and i think it's very interesting that they were kind of developed side by side you know galaxy's edge and and avengers campus with two completely different approaches to canon um and it's interesting also that wizarding world was a was a balance between the two where the attractions themselves were set i mean forbidden journey is more nebulous but the attractions themselves were set during specific points in the movies but the lands weren't which i think was an interesting an interesting decision and i feel like i feel like guests were very forgiving Of that especially when you added in the hogwarts express and all the characters you see on that but yeah i I wanted to bring up something from 2017 that i posted on twitter um, something that you should rarely do but i added i added uh james gunn and it said how does peter have his walkman in guardians of the galaxy mission breakout if mantis is picking them up which places this after volume two to which james Gunn official account replied not the same as the cinematic universe and so from that point forward i've always i've always taken the the attractions to be not the same universe because you know peter's walkman is destroyed so and uh, if peter's walkman existed on because you know rocket plugs it in 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 mission breakout and so you can't have that and then be friends with mantis so
1: but you also see awesome Mix volume one floating in front of you which was that destroyed in the second movie with by ego or was that vol, yeah it was it was volume one was destroyed by ego but in a zoom's just not as cool
0: yeah it's well we, we haven't seen peter really use it but um yeah so the story basically is the guardians you know they're doing their half good half bad shtick they're they're doing the news cycle after the battle of xandar chris pratt's talking about veggie veggie fruit fruit and the xandarians have come to earth set up a pavilion so we can kind of do a a transfer student type thing where they take us and and they come to us and we kind of swap places so we can observe each other's culture so we get teleported onto a xandarian ship where they're going to be able to take us hyper jump and be across the galaxy to xandar at least that's that's how i interpreted the story
1: well i thought that part of the story is much clearer you would learn about the wonders of xandar and then like alien encounter I mean it's very alien counter you you kind of see what uh XS is all about in this case xandar and then president uh clench doesn't matter it's nova prime now <laughs> um <laughs> she's like come on board and you get two pre-shows and you even get a, the teleportation actually works you know skippy doesn't have to die you know the janitor above you doesn't have to bleed on you stitch doesn't have to make a great escape it all turns out okay
0: yeah so you get teleported up onto the ship but as soon as you're teleported and you're about to you know move forward eson appears and is like yo i'ma i'ma take that that cosmic generator Uh, i think that's what it's called the cosmic generator which provides them the ability to do the hyper jumps through space and he needs the cosmic generator to go back in time and stop the creation of humanity but you know that's that's pretty pretty big stakes um so of course they they naturally call the Guardians. There's an actor that a lot of people seem to recognize that's in these first two pre-shows that I don't think I did. Um, do you know who this is? It's Terry Crews. Terry Crews, okay. You don't know Terry Crews, do you? I is don't this a know name it. that means nothing to you?
1: Oh my word, Jonathan Edward. Um, Old Spice, but the power. He's the Old Spice guy. He's a Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Aaron Sorkin's the newsroom. He's a wonderfully um, lighthearted presence whenever you put him in anything. Oh, Jonathan, you need to, you need to watch some Terry Crews.
0: I need to educate myself. But yeah. yeah, he's he's excellent. He he does so much with the material that he's given. And really, I think the audience really seemed to connect with his performance and his character. And then, of course, so the Guardians show up and they're like, yo this guy's bad news but they're also like you know what we need to evacuate the ship get everybody out of here so we have escape pods which you know that's that's a really cool way of framing the vehicles is as escape like escape boats lifeboats unfortunately the guardians think that um they need to send us after him so that they can follow him but when we go to follow him, the guardians are already there. You know, the the story. This is this is where it starts to kind of uh, break down. Um, but you, so you you get on your escape pods, you start the ride. Uh, the guardians are like, "Don't worry, we're all in this together." And then you go into a room where you know Esson is there, and the guardians are there in the ship. And then uh, time travel happens, and then you're rocking through space to some tunes. I From what I gathered on two rides, we see the formation of the Milky Way, um, we obviously see the moon, we go around that, and Eson we steal the generator back at some point, and Eson gets defeated just like Ronan the Accuser was in the first Guardians, where a line of Xandarian starships wrap around him and create like a force field, which is presumably why one of those is outside, since it's such a crucial plot point. In this attraction you know to the defeat of the villain uh esan goes down like a chump very much so we make we make the jump back to um epcot epcot uh every person comes out tired and then we get a personalized goodbye with the guardians where they welcome us to the guardians but also not really um as the music continues and we we unload did did i miss anything did i miss any any crucial plot beats in there
1: i mean you got the gist and i think it you know whether it was accurate or not. I think the impression is still important because, I, my opinion is, and we'll get into the analysis. I think right after this, leading up to the roller coaster portion, I think it does a pretty good job of laying everything out. And then once you blast off, things get a little bit less clear. Yeah. But uh, the so the guardians have already kind of hightailed it they're somewhere else and we end up on the zandarian starship or the cargo ship something like that from from there the celestial esson i don't know how you picked up his name i think you were you like blogging the wiki or uh uh stalking the wiki or
0: something uh, Yeah, no no I, I i definitely saw that in a press release beforehand i just thought it was a funny name so it stuck in my head <laughs> uh well Esson steals
1: the zandarian the nova Corps cosmic generator to go back in time, which isn't its normal purpose. Its normal purpose is to transport you somewhere else, not someone else. Uh, But the reason we get on these escape pods is because Terry Crews is like, we gotta get these guys out of here. And Rocket's like, even better, since we can't get to the portal in time, and y'all are you can't go anywhere without your cosmic generator, let's just send them out into the black hole and we'll track them. That's how they get to where we are.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we like immediately go out the airlock because the black hole, the uh, jump point is literally right outside the starship. So we go out the airlock into the jump point, And that's when that scene happens. The, that video scene. Right. Where Zander, or not Zander, the Esson, he's like, you should never have come. You're going to lose. And then Peter Quill starts the tunes and Esson's like, what's that noise? Which Chris Pratt takes great offense to says noise. No one's going to stop rock and roll. You get blasted back to the Big Bang. Immediately, they get the generator back. Like That's resolved very quickly. You can kind of see it on a screen if you're paying attention. And then you just flash back and forth as banter happens. Until, as you said, he's stopped like a chump. Um, compared to other Celestials in the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
0: Uh, wow. The- <laughs> you know, there's there is a lot to be said about how this ride you know handles its story mm-hmm. and i wanted to talk a little bit about kind of like the development of the attraction because i know yeah, i was right. ta- I was telling adam that like i remember this being announced while i was in high school and this was when james gunn got canceled on by disney where he wasn't he wasn't going to come back for guardians 3 uh, which is why dc picked him up Um, But the guardians rewind had already been announced and one of the big selling points was that you had James Gunn to work on it creatively. And so the Imagineers were scrambling because they were also going to film the scenes just on the set of guardians because it's so easy to just say hey we have all the actors here take an extra day and film the ride versus. We need to assemble this group of people to film the attraction. It, you know that's a lot of work to to just get those actors all together. And that was something at which they were still unsuccessful um, because Bradley Cooper is most definitely not here. Despite returning for Mission: Breakout, it appears for one reason or another he was not in Cosmic Rewind. Which is I don't know if it was necessarily a choice by Disney. I I have to wonder was it was it financial? Did he want too much or was he just like could not be bothered to do it because I think both are both are very plausible. I mean, Universal could have shaken an arm and a leg at uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson, but they were they were pieced out by the time Diagon Alley came around. They were like, no, I we we're moving away from this. Um, but yeah, you know, Brad because Bradley Cooper did Mission Breakout. It's just very it's a very very confusing situation.
1: Maybe he was putting so much time into his five minutes and licorice pizza.
0: <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. So it's it's one of those where you you don't really get a lot of time with the guardians face to face in this attraction. You, the pre show you see you see them and you see them kind of before before you get into the get blasted back into the coaster. But for most of the ride, they're just in the spaceship and you kind of hear them over the intercom. Which is is interesting and it makes me wonder if that was something that creatively was changed after after the James Gunn firing in the like in the design process like all right, let's make an attraction that that we don't need to shoot as much like we could CGI them just into the ship and the ride itself would be mostly intact to do that kind of filling which I think is certainly plausible. But yeah, we yeah, we were also talking about like how compared to Mission Breakout, like you don't really get to see the Guardians do a lot of action stuff. This is very much just a ride that is about fun and feeling like you're in space and like like in the middle of a space battle with the Guardians, which, you know, is certainly that is certainly a really, really cool concept.
1: Yeah. So when we got off this, the first thought that I had was I have no idea story-wise what just happened at the end there but I don't care which I seem to say a lot (laughs) but you know just like as an enjoyer of things I very much enjoyed the thrilling experience that I had and I enjoyed the cue and the pre-shows leading up to it so like the fact that sure it's a center the center point of the uh, storytelling that that ride portion but it also was just a small part of it that one thing got swapped out for another, but the other thing is still there. And the effects and the ride films are built around the story. And when you go back and watch it, it does so effectively. I think my, my uh, thought is it's kind of the same issue that we had with Hagrid's the first couple of times we wrote it where not every story beat was or not story beat, but dialogue point and what's happening next per se was entirely clear like how many people know to hit the purple button on Hagrid's the first time they ride it right it's because my thing is might not my thing my thought is perhaps it's kind of just a sensory overload happening as yeah. you're getting you're learning a ride for the first time on the first day and and stuff where you will pick it up on future rides you'll pick it up on future watches not so much like it's poorly told or maybe they just start prioritizing other things in a certain moment like thrill and so i don't i'm, I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt by saying it's a haggard situation where it is told effectively but maybe not clearly the first few goes but it, you'll pick it up on future rides but i don't think it's in the way like skull island reign of kong is to bring up our one of our favorites (laughs) where that one you understand what has happened it's overwhelming because you're watching two screens side by side there's a lot of shaking there's a lot of stuff and the cue itself is when it was the way it was with scare actor and all that it's a very oppressive cue and like there's a lot going on in that experience but you walk out of it going like i know what happened i i can tell you what happened you might not know every detail that happened you pick that up on later rides same with spider-man but you understand what happened. This is different. I felt like I didn't know what happened, but i it's also you're going very fast and you're doing a lot of coaster things. Like for me, I was focusing a lot on the coaster things when I was on it more so than the story things. That's just that's my storytelling thoughts, the the thoughts on how they told the story,
0: yeah. well, I think you that you make a good, for a good segue to uh, the coaster portion, which is absolutely incredible. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna. like, everything about the sensation of floating through space that this attraction gives you is done to perfection. Like the spinning coaster is used not in a way to make you dizzy or to give you an out of control sensation. It's used to keep you on your toes and to subvert the curves of the track so that you don't feel like you're on a track. You just feel like you're floating, Um, which I think is just absolutely brilliant and used to fantastic effect for this attraction. I think more even more so than Space Mountain, it feels really like you are just zooming through space to the tunes. and that makes this just so much fun to just like everybody is in a good mood while riding this. There's nobody that's bored. There's nobody that's like, oh well, i'm I'm not impressed with the story because I know like you said the story takes a back seat for the coaster fun for that excitement of just hey we're here we're floating through space listening to fun music and seeing wild stuff go down briefly as as we're here and that's really you know that's that's the point that's the it's not trying to be anything more than fun um which I think sometimes that's just the attraction. You know, it's not trying to break ground in anything that it does, really. I mean, there's nothing in this attraction that I could say, hey, this has never, never been done before. I mean, it's it's one of those things where like, like how Flight of Passage is just incredible, even though what it's doing is basically just Soren but better. Guardians <laughs> is also incredible. But what it's basically doing is just Space Mountain, but better with as far as like the technologies utilized, you know, the pacing, the app uh, the length of the coaster that they're able to fit into, the smoothness. You know, obviously the spinning tech, like, it's debatable whether or not Disney's whole first spinning coaster thing is a is a workable gimmick just because of they're like, Oh yeah, it's the first coaster where we'll be able to point you in the right direction you need to to see the story. I remember that was how it was marketed.
1: I, I don't know if so much in practice I'm because there are times where the show scene is happening behind the vehicle. Yeah. I'm thinking like during the spin around the Milky Way is also when Xandar is capturing Eson.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Or maybe it was the moon. The moon or the Milky Way, one of those things. And I on the second ride, right, I had to look behind me to see see what was actually happening so I could catch those story beats. Yeah. Um, Not that it's terribly, you know, essential. I mean, you get the gist when you're flying past it yeah i would say like space mountain is space themed guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind is space space travel like i think gardens of the galaxy cosmic rewind um does for space travel what manta did for undersea gliding giving you that manta ray experience and what Hagrids did for motorbike um adventuring <laughs> 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 where it really transcends being a roller coaster, which it's kind of like two, for me, it's like kind of two layers of revelation for Disney. The first one was like, holy crap, they built like a legit roller coaster that feels like a roller coaster that could stand with like any of the, you know, roller coasters people love. But then the second layer is, oh, but this is also more than a roller coaster. Like they're using roller coaster technology, roller coaster thrills to produce a sensation that's not just roller coaster it's also not just story it's the floaty sensations they've like man- they manipulated gravity or they're using <laughs> physics to to give you this unique sensation that's different from anything in the disney parks which i think is why it's kind of hard to compare like people are like this is the most intense ride in disney world okay yeah maybe that's probably true
0: <laughs> uh, and- I'd say rock and roller coaster is still more intense. That
1: rides a blurry to me, so I'll take your word for it.
0: Um <laughs> I mean the G force is going upside down alone. Like if you are oh, that type of intensity. Because yeah. you gotta remember there's no lockers, so Disney designs the G forces so that everything stays in your seat. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: true. That's true. But yeah, no, it's 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 it, it, it does transcend um its its genres. Maybe not Again, maybe on the story. I know they're marking it as a story coaster, an omni coaster system for the purposes of storytelling, and maybe it doesn't it doesn't pass with flying colors the storytelling portion, as we already talked about. But that omni coaster system, I can't wait to see more of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I definitely thought, and we'll probably get into this more later. But like, I thought it was going to be kind of like Disney's Gringotts or Haunted Mansion that moves fast, you know? (laughs) Something like that. And it was completely different from both of those. Just, I mean, you get the backwards launch that happens, which is very smooth. I really enjoyed that. Launches usually kind of... I get weary, not weary, but leery about them, uh, just because of the forces they produce. Like, I love Velocicoaster. I don't like taking off from Velocicoaster. I love the mummy. I don't like taking off from the mummy. I love the Hulk after I blast off, you know? Like... (laughs) They don't know what... Me and just don't always get along, and yet on on Cosmic Rewind, just going backwards at whatever speed we went at, and then right into that backwards curve, it was just an amazing thrill and really set the the tone for what I was about to experience. It was way more than I expected out of Disney. And in the end, it's a great Disney ride and an incredible, incredible roller coaster.
0: I 100% agree. Yeah, it was kind of weird coming out negative about the story. But yes, as a coaster... This is a great coaster in the length. It's not a short coaster either. You know, you you get a full roller coaster experience here, and you know you have the song playing the whole time. You have the quips coming, and uh, from what we've heard, there's like different quips you can hear on different uh, ride versions. Uh, so there's there is some variation in there, certainly.
1: I think my favorite one though is uh, when. It's going into like the second act of the roller coaster portion. Uh, the Guardians have captured the generator and we're about to blast off to a new time point or point in time or point in place. And Ehsan, you can see him in the screen above you, kind of like the red tunnel in Space Mountain. And he says, I'm going to destroy you. And Rocket <laughs> says, eh, we get that all the time. And then you go through a
0: tunnel. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that's that's good. There's, and there's some good projection technology
1: oh it's brilliant Um, like no no holes in it at all
0: yeah i i especially i was a little nervous after seeing the the dough the first dome in the pre-show the galaxarium um yeah it's it's certainly not projected at what i would consider to be industry standard resolution um and it might just be the format it definitely looks better at different angles it does it looks better the further away you are that's for sure but like when you look at it closely like it's like when you look up it's not
1: exactly you're more marveling at the size than the thing itself
0: like it it, it's it's not universal's born screen (laughs) oh no 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 but yeah so uh that's kind of our thoughts on the ride as a whole um one there's a couple you know controversies surrounding this attraction first oh uh, no uh no 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 nothing nothing major just uh Like, should this attraction have had animatronics? We saw the rocket animatronic in Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Uh, The first concept art piece released showed Rocket and Groot standing by the ship, implying that there would be animatronic. And of course, there was that wonderful article that said that Rewind would feature animatronics before it was redacted to have that part removed, given the whole tired uh tiresome screens debates about universal and animatronics this is an interesting an interesting piece to add to the conversation should it have had animatronic would that have improved any aspect of it um and if so which ones should they have gone for
1: so my response to that would be it's not hurting for animatronics i always think animatronics would be cool like kong i keep on going to kong (laughs) our channel is basically half kong at this point but it's a screen ride but that kong at the end is a really nice added flavor um rise of the resistance kind of mixes a whole bunch of things and some animatronics are not better than others just putting that out there you know yeah hux is not an attractive face uh not not an animatronic for him you know but um so i think it'd be really cool to have seen these guardians or some of the guardians brought to life in animatronic form, or heck, in the conversation we were having, you said having s be an animatronic, even if it's a very limited one like Kong, uh, yeah, yeah. would have added some extra flavor to it.
0: Uh, just, just a waist up animatronic, like, so that you could see his scale, like, even if it was just his head on an axis, like, to see the size of the eyes, like, add a, let, maybe even just add a glow effect on the eyes, don't even build the whole animatronic, just do an eye light rig, That gives the implication of scale since you're in the dark could have been functional. but yeah i think like just a moment to see physically the scale of eson maybe even circle around it would have really helped the stakes of that and then obviously do a b mode where you projection map onto the thing i mean that's what disney does with the castle and works perfectly fine so i think that was it was a missed opportunity to really make eson stand out in guests minds because I don't even think the average guest will come out of this ride and be able to remember that Esson was a part of it. I think after about two hours, he will be erased from their memories. And that's that's just like, I don't think he's going to become an iconic meme as, as theme park attraction villains <laughs> have been known to do. You know, like Elsa, Kylo, or, or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm and his lines aren't even that memorable either. I think the best one he's got is, not where, when, you know, in the pre-show. <laughs> uh, they definitely gave Dave Batista the best lines. That's Drax, not, not the Batista. villain.
0: He he is eating this up.
1: Yeah, um, but just to kind of wrap up on the animatronic thoughts, just to kind of put a bow on that. Um, unless you want to unwrap it and kind of talk about it a little bit more. I don't know. Uh, um yeah again i don't think it's hurting for it Would have been nice i don't know if the story would have been terribly um enhanced or otherwise with one again animatronics are always cool but again with the story that they're telling and the way that they're telling it it didn't feel like you know this was this would have been a 10 out of 10 if i had seen a rocket raccoon and i know there's also the argument too and i've seen it on twitter and then you know it's a very fair argument is that the storytellers are telling the story they choose what they're writing they can choose to have an animatronic in there work that in there however they want you know it's not like well it doesn't work for the story guess we can't have animatronic guys but from a guest experience i didn't need one
0: i do wonder if the reason the rocket and group animatronics were scrapped like how soon they knew bradley cooper wasn't going to be a part of it maybe they didn't want to draw attention to to a rocket animatronic if you didn't have bradley cooper voicing it i feel like especially with the actor that they got to replace him who doesn't doesn't even really sound close
1: it kind of sounds like his compared his rocket compared to bradley cooper is like will Fradel doing chris pratt on the animated show it's not close at all but it's got the same attitude which is why you're like okay whatever it's not hermione bad no i worked express hermione bad it's
0: just different but it's not daniel radcliffe on gringotts or hogwarts express good
1: yeah and it's it's also not as bad as whoever they're getting to voice iron man in paris it sounds like mr evil
0: oh i haven't looked at that yet oh it's
1: really bad i think it's the same actor they got for uh what if as well because they're not paying robert downey jr 15 million dollars to do a voice Oof! whatever his paycheck is now these days
0: Friday, get me on the air, all platforms. I know we're gonna interrupt a lot of cat videos, but this is important.
1: Affirmative, you are
0: broadcasting. Tony Stark here, you may know me as Iron Man. After all we've been through, I realize that the world needs more heroes. And guess what? I'm working on a campus for training the next generation of heroes right here in Paris. I mean, let's face it, I can't be everywhere at once. That's that's tough. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of our thoughts on the animatronics. Personally, it it works as an attraction. It doesn't, Epcot has plenty of animatronics elsewhere. If you want to see animatronics, Epcot is one of the parks that's not, not lacking in animatronics and with how they handled Frozen and everything. Like if you want to see high-tech animatronics, they're there, you can see them. I don't think this is a ride that anybody will say falls into the screens trend of being uh, lazy or, you know, falling back on screens because it has nothing else, because it, it has so much more. I do want to talk about one of the more interesting uses of screens in this attraction, which is the first scene after the first lift hill, where you're you're out in space. And really, the way it's set up, it's just the, the roller coaster going flat through a room through like an S bend and a 360 degree turn and then kind of setting itself up for the launch, which I don't know. That was, I don't know if that effect completely worked for me. Like the whole room is blacked out and like all the actions taking place on the screen, which you're turning to face. And the screen is also squinching as you're moving by to make the perspective appear right. And to me, I don't think that fully worked i like i wasn't i I wasn't really tricked by that effect in the way that i guess i felt i i could have been i get it because it it needs the story needs to be set up there and you need a screen to tell that part of the story but i think that that bit at the start i think took me out of it a little bit just because Mm -hmm. of it literally is, you're just moving around the room and they're just controlling what direction you're facing so that it feels like a cohesive scene. I don't know, how did you feel about that scene?
1: I think when we went into that room, I'm just thinking, "Oh, this reminds me of Dinosaur. Um, there's a scene <laughs> in Dinosaur about halfway through where there's kind of a break from the dinosaur hunting and you're just kind of like being whipped all over the place as you make a curve into what, the other side of the show building. So, I was just kind of nerding out about that con- connection that I made to really care, but I did think that the projection was super crisp, yeah, um, yeah. that was remember. gorgeous. the squinching the the curving, I don't know the uh, and you know, I guess it's supposed to be space, but they don't have the the fiber optics or the disco lights going off either compared to the and the rest of the attraction does that, yeah, so I mean, that's yeah. missing, but I think I was just too in awe of the whatever K projection that they have going on and you're like, this is like dinosaur, yeah! <laughs> um, to, really, to really care too much. Yeah. That's like the only part you really get a clear sense of what is going on, too.
0: That's true.
1: And then they project like the whole like Cosmic Rewind part really, really effectively. Like the flashing and the colors and all that. It's just really neat. And it, you know, transitions right so awesomely into the launch hallway
0: i Um, agree with i agree with that i think the actual rewind effects like the colors and everything is so well done
1: yeah so it leads it leads into it greatly enough that i'm not even thinking about any negatives with that scene that's fair
0: that's very fair you don't need too much do you think this ride fits in epcot this is another thing that has kind of been hotly debated you know is it is it cheap to say that Star Lord visited Epcot as a child and use that as a uh, as a gotcha uh, and try and kind of do the whole Wonders of Xandar, parodying the Wonders of Life. Uh, Chris Pratt making some veggie veggie fruit fruit and Horizons references for the the Epcot homies and. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's there's a lot to unpack about how this ride reacts to Epcot and its its place in Epcot. Personally, I think it fits just fine. You know, it it works. I think once the other side of Future World is finished and we see Moana, and like like, you know, nobody complained about the seas with Nemo and friends being brought in. I think this is as organic as you're gonna get. I also think that it's in a weird spot with Mission Space right next to it. So having two space themed attractions back-to-back. Back. if you count Spaceship Earth? Three, yeah, three. So, three attractions that take you to space and that close vicinity kind of, is… Kind of time travel It's It's, you know, it's, it's maybe not in the, the best spot. Would it work better in Hollywood Studios? I think I think you could you could play with the premise more and have more fun with it if it was in the studios. But I don't think it's a, a bad fit for Epcot, or a bad replacement for Universe of Energy.
1: From what I hear, not at all the bad replacement for universal energy.
0: (laughs) So before we move on, we actually made it a point to make time for everyone's favorite segment, the Balthazar Banshee Beat. So without further ado, Balthazar Banshee.
1: (laughs) Um, Well, to reiterate, um, you know, uh, to, to counter legal action from a puppet, we have indeed decided to follow up on what we supposedly promised um, out of Christmas joy, which is, of course, to welcome in Balthasar Banshee. Where is he? Balthasar Banshee.
0: Balthasar Banshee. The one time we actually are giving him airtime to air his thoughts on Cosmic Rewind. And he's not showing up. Well, I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> take his catchphrase. Murder <laughs>
1: Well, he took it from Dinosaur. I can take it from him. It, we, we even told him what to do. We worked so many things out, Jonathan. Did you send him the Microsoft him in- Teams link? I did. <laughs> ah, send him the link send him the ticket don't ask me how i got that okay it's it's a gray area and and he doesn't to review this ride a sequel in a way to freaking joe Rody, or maybe he's boycotting <laughs> it maybe he saw the joshua harris video and he's like no i'm not going to do that i'm bavisar banshee i know best <laughs>
0: i i think he did i think he watched epcot recentered, and he's he is pontificating in his balthazar bath because no wonder he he
1: didn't get that part of muppet's most wanted my butt
0: he he needed to watch it six times
1: yeah he's probably on it he's probably you know maybe that's what he's doing he's going around orlando saying hello my name is balthazar banshee have you seen this video may i introduce you to my lord and savior joshua l harris I've never seen a documentary like this. My mind was blown. It made my banshee heart grow three sizes. But considering it doesn't exist, it's all the same.
0: <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess I guess we'll just uh, we'll post postpone <laughs> the, the banshee until I think I think you get yeah. Uh, what do you think, banshee? If he were here, what would banshee say?
1: He would say, "This doesn't belong in that. It belongs." somewhere else, like the bottom of the pit where I threw over the galaxy's ledge. See, Bob Iger is no Joe Rohde. He does not think through things, which is why he's gone and replaced, oh, by Bob chapek oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you can see, it is good, good company. Of a bad monopoly, like the time that Jonathan tried to play, and it was so bad, I disappeared, and he was sad and alone, and then he found a fiance. That's I think- what I would imagine he says. I don't know if that's actually what's going to say. I kind of disappeared there. Am I okay?
0: No, no, yeah, you're you're okay. you're good. You're back. okay. okay. I,
1: I agree. I think I went I think- to a dark place i went to the mind of balthazar banshee you don't want to go there jonathan yeah
0: yeah i think i think you mean never
1: never once should you do balthazar banshee it's a weird weird spot to be in
0: no i i promise i promise i i'm i'm not even going to attempt it (laughs) like like no i yeah so let's 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 move on let's 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 forget about our, our dear friend our dear friend balthazar and go ahead and move on to the next thing
1: Uh, If you listen, getting serious now, if you listen to the last episode we did, you will realize I'm not an Epcot expert. It's the park I probably, it's it's the major park I know the least, at least in this area, this Florida area. I've only spent half days there. I've never spent a full day at Epcot. (laughs) So I'm not the one to ask, does it fit? But what I can speak to is the experience that we had at Epcot with Guardians of the Galaxy the Cosmic Rewind. And I can tell you that it did not feel out of place. In fact, it kind of told the nar- a narrative, at least the order of attractions we did. We started out with Cosmic Rewind, which you know imagines a future where we're meeting aliens. I mean, at the if you break it down, you know, to its basics, this is, but what if aliens, right? Yeah. what would that be like it's very similar to alien encounter but also completely different from alien encounter but like in concept you know yeah. what if we had aliens maybe that fits more tomorrowland than epcot but i think in future world you can think about the future i guess now it's not future world it's world discovery nevertheless i think it still works and i kept on telling jonathan i was telling chandler as we were going in the music and the design going into the pavilion it felt like classic tomorrowland old school tomorrowland it felt like um what i imagine old epcot was like a score the music felt like you know the epcot entrance loop that everyone's listened to while they're doing homework it feels like carousel of progress and people mover and and all that um which is what i consider retro futurist walt disney like those those aesthetics those vibes go into that so it felt like disney going and is it all fictional of course yes um does it talk a whole lot about energy i didn't pick up on anything um we were also it was a sh- relatively short wait to experience it so we weren't hanging out in the queue too much to grab every last detail of its storytelling or you know, not storytelling but like the little details that would thematically Touch upon other things
0: now adam you're you're telling me that that an attraction in which the primary MacGuffin is a generator doesn't touch on energy (laughs) Uh,
1: it's not the same as bill nye and ellen telling me about the future that generators can have and x y and z
0: you know (laughs) no no i i know i was i was just joking
1: i know i know i know but um to pick up the pace on my point so we went from all that like discovering a thinking about like aliens and space travel and interstellar like intergalactic travel and time travel and just like these broad concepts of imagination and and science fiction to then go to mission space which is the reality of space travel
0: yeah
1: it's like okay we were just kind of had our head in the clouds but now we're actually going into a spot that attempts to simulate what we can actually do today present what what is happening when we do go on these um great adventures and missions and then from there we went to uh the land we did living with the land where we're like okay so we've talked about the science fiction we've talked about um the places outside of this world and now we're gonna learn about how the world we're in what we can do today with it what what's how can we live with the land uh, the earth, that, the world that we do have. Now, what do we do? That kind of thing. And then, of course, you got World Showcase and and, and all of that. Um, and, like, learning the cultures of the world that we do inhabit, the cultures that actually do exist before us. I thought it was a really, and, and then Spaceship Earth, how, as we ended the day with, um, just how we've progressed in a certain way with with what we do have. And how we've found holes in what we have to communicate, for example, and to innovate and take te- technology and ideally dream about what's next. I, I just felt like having that narrative experience through Epcot, Guardians never once felt out of place. It had a different vibe. It had a different tone, for sure. It's a roller for crying out loud. You know, it's not... You go on living with the land. You go on Cosmic Rewind. They're two different rides, but I feel like in the totality of at least the future world sections, it it all kind of ties together. Yeah, I, I do think so. It's a grand story that that um, this World's Fair is telling.
0: Yeah, honestly, I think Ratatouille felt more out of place. It did. Than 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 Guardians did. Uh, you know, kind of thinking back to it, and yeah, yeah, I I, I would completely agree with you. The more that I think about it. The more that I feel Epcot, once they get that center done, and once everything is, is, you know, Humpty Dumpty's been put back together again, this is gonna be a really solid, cohesive park. Like, even the small things that are starting to show, like, the different cafes and things all using the same font, and having just a more, like, like, people, people might be like, oh, this is, this is too, too modern, too bland, but I honestly think it's an improvement from being stuck in the eighties. Like just, you know, kind of the, we were walking into the connections cafe, the open airness of it all, the, you know, the, the big glass windows, the, um, like the, the pieces, the art pieces hanging from the ceiling, you know, the creative light fixtures, you know, it's been described as like a, a uh, college cafeteria type or airport or <laughs> airport. Yeah. But, you know it it feels cleaner than that it feels sleeker than that it feels more modern and honestly that's what the center of epcot needs the center of epcot just needs to feel modern because it did not feel modern and so if that's if that's where we end up is just that epcot feels modern but not futuristic i consider that an absolute win because the epcot is not stuck in in the 80s and you know we don't have the electric umbrella that just is the electric umbrella <laughs> you know i mean yeah, I'm still... I
1: electric umbrella it's not missed
0: <laughs> i mean like i'm still confused as to why they cut the the big three-story pavilion that was supposed to be yeah like kind of the icon of new future world but you know with everything that's going on and with the fact that you know Sorn is you know has at least the new high-res version <laughs> living with the land still exists and has has been upkept very well like there's still activity there it doesn't feel like abandoned uh living so
1: moved by that ride i know off tangent but that ride's so moving dude it is
0: it's it makes you think about a lot but yeah like epcot is becoming cohesive and that is really really cool and i think the people who say guardians doesn't fit personally i think i think they're incorrect i think it it brings something fresh and good to Epcot and even if it's very different I think there's always a place for fiction in Disney I think you know when you talk about like Tomorrowland it's like the worlds of yesterday today and the future um you know of fantasy as well yeah it's it's one of those where it's just like of course there's going to be fantasy I mean that's are we, are we pretending the journey into imagination has never existed? Like, that is a very, it's a very fantastical ride. And I feel like some people are like, oh, just because it's an IP, this this sucks. But you're going to have kids riding Guardians of the Galaxy who are just going to have their minds blown by this trip through space. Who are going to be thinking creatively about, hey, space is cool, uh, like, the fact that I was able to, to be a part of this in a way that personally, I find more inspiring than how Mission Space tries oh, to yeah. inspire. For sure. In the same way, but feels so much less genuine just in execution. And I think that's that's ultimately, you know, people always say, educate, the best education doesn't feel like education. And mm-hmm. that's. I think Guardians excels at that, I mean, it's, you know, people are talking about like oh well stuff in the line is fiction and all this but like it's like yes but we're also showing you space from an angle that you couldn't get realistically which might be more inspiring than something that is realistic
1: yeah and not that realism doesn't have its place i love that epcot rides are essentially immersive essays you know yeah only disney or a theme park could do and they do it very well um but there is room to have rides that feel like a different breed in the same way fantasy land doesn't have to just be omnimovers and slow moving rides because it gets stale it does get stale. Right. and i mean i'm not looking at the charts of of sales and revenue right now but i think most people would have Epcot at the bottom of their list unless they really loved it. And I don't know if this is going to change things. I don't know if it's going to bring up Epcot revenue in a significant way, but I think just as a, a product, um, as a cohesive, as a vision, it's starting to re (laughs) It's going to recenter
0: itself. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's, that's it's, it's very accurate. And I think you know, I'm 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 surprisingly optimistic. I've been very negative about Epcot, but you know, yes. I I feel like Gar- Guardians really changed my tune. I mean, with the whole play pavilion which hasn't been canceled and that's still on its way, adding that between Mission Space and Guardians, um that'll be so cool. Um and also I just feel like Guardians now has a a um It now has a a drive ride, which is like a ride where I would drive to the park just to ride that ride and for me magic kingdom and Epcot neither park had any attractions, where I ever said hey. I want to go to experience this attraction like go out of my way when I had an annual pass to go to so I always ended up taking trips to animal kingdom or the studios because I wanted to do. The high tech, the cool, the unique, Um, and Finding Nemo the musical. (laughs) Finding Nemo the musical, exactly, exactly. But (laughs) uh, yeah, so I'm really happy that Epcot has one of those attractions now that, like, you know, I would take a day just to go to Epcot and do that because it's that good.
1: Yeah, this is also this trip really made me want to go to Epcot again myself.
0: I'm sure you're like rain. I don't
1: want to go with anybody else. I needed <laughs> just my me time. That's not what I meant. Um, what I meant was like after going to Animal Kingdom the first time, then revisiting um like partial visits after that By luck, I guess. I don't even know how I managed that uh, without an annual pass. <laughs> but um, like as soon as I went there, I wanted to go back and re-enter the world of Pandora, and I would be open to exploring those animal exhibits again, and um seeing what Jonathan likes about it's tough to be a bug and (laughs) um and doing Everest because Everest is fun and seeing festival the Lion King like I wanted to the point is I immediately wanted to revisit Animal Kingdom as soon as I left Magic Kingdom I always leave with a smile on my face and then I end up waiting an hour for a, a boat and then by the time I get home I'm like well that was I part of that was fun um and Hollywood Studios is just a, it's a thrill, even though I don't understand the navigation of the park, but it's still a thrill I want to go back. Um, wow, I was really like passive aggressive there wasn't I um, Epcot Epcot just never ended up in those zones. I was happy with my half days sure I never got to experience everything but what I experienced it was fine I guess, but but after riding guardians twice and wanting to ride guardians again and again um, on future visits and doing live in the land and wanted to do Living with the land on multiple visits and, and everything you know this i'm finally like okay yep i can see myself paying disney money to go again and working through that whole gosh darn stupid reservation system uh which i can partially you know somewhat speak to because i've we're going to hollywood studios you know this summer so we had to do that and i'm
0: very very excited to to hear your trip report from the studios this summer
1: yeah i'll I'll try to i'll try to give it (laughs) but (laughs) yeah um to agree with you and way too much time of a reply like you were like the little thing i was the novel um i completely agree with you i i i joined in on the epcot nagging um but now now i can see myself really going again and really enjoying that um not just because of guardians but because how everything i'm realizing epcot now
0: it coalesces yeah it is functional and you know what it's it's taken a while to get there but i'll be very happy when you know all the greenery is in place the moana area is open
1: can't wait for moana i'm sure it's not going to be like the biggest thing ever but like i like that's a great movie
0: yeah and once ducktales world showcase adventure hopefully that's still i i really hope that goes through because that gives such life to world showcase when it was agent p just the The fact that there were so many Easter eggs just everywhere hidden in plain sight that like I know for me, it always felt like you were you were uncovering the pavilion. You really got to know the layout of each pavilion with the missions because they forced you to go down the little side streets and all the things and see, you know, details that nobody else would get to see except for you that were hidden in window displays and bushes and underwater in like in the sky, like it was it's, it was as Kim Possible and as Phineas and Ferb, it was so well designed. And I, I, I have to imagine DuckTales was mostly, at the very least, everything was written, if not some of it recorded. Um, so I can't imagine Disney reinvesting the money to do all that again, when they don't even have a TV property that would really fit that at the moment.
1: They may not have a TV property, but I bet you they found a movie property coming this summer. Chippendale Rescue Rangers oh, World Showcase Adventure.
0: Oh, my goodness. You're right. You're right. They and could... you can still have the Ducktail characters in it. You're right.
1: But I can hear right now just all the IP. People would cry about the IP invading their their storefronts and stuff, maybe. It depends on how they do it. But, I mean, is Ducktail still relevant? I mean, uh, I know it's a great show and all that, but.
0: The 2017 one was never, like, its popularity, in my eyes, declined as the show went. Like, it it hit the big nostalgia splash at the start, and it it never really grew. In, like, it, it grew in, like, fandom, but I don't think it ever grew in general public popularity in the same way that, like, a show like Amphibia went from being completely unknown to I'd say it's it's somewhat in the public consciousness. And the same with uh, Big City Greens, which is Disney's current big hit with four seasons and a Disney Plus movie. But you also have to think like the characters, like would the Big City Greens characters work in Epcot's World Showcase? And I would argue, no, they wouldn't. Um, I would argue the same for Ghost of Molly McGee, although I could see Ghost of Molly McGee working slightly more, but still not, still not, Great! I really do think the Ducktales characters were perfect. You could it. have
1: Ida Clawthorne discovering the human world, all the different cultures, but she's not really the Disney brand. I, I've heard, so I guess
0: we don't have. Look, Blues! I need to get some apple blood before we go. To the <laughs> I bought the Duck the Art of Ducktales book, which comes out this fall. I'm hoping there will be some glimpses of the development art for world showcase adventure, but we'll have to see. Ooh. Even even with uh with Mary Poppins Lane getting canned and the pavilion getting canned and the current word on the street that Harmonious is being completely retooled to add to Encanto songs. Y- you know, I think I think Epcot has a has a has a bright bright future ahead. And uh you know, it's 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 on its way, it's on its way. Yeah,
1: I think it's got some golden dreams, and you know, as long as it keeps on taking its veggie veggie, fruit fruit, step by step, thinking about how to improve itself and going forward that way, yeah, there's a big bright beautiful tomorrow. Now now is the time, now is the best time to start start doing that. I think.
0: Yeah, the only thing left with Epcot in my eyes that is in desperate need of help is imagination. If imagination yep. is fixed, you get get kick out that short film festival that is so clearly filler. Re- it's man-
1: nice to get a horse in 3D, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, But it's worth taking up the real estate for eight years. Uh, 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 is it
0: worth being something that I could watch on Disney Plus? Not to Is the 3D worth it, Adam? Is it? For the one time, for one time, okay. I
1: missed. I I didn't see Frozen in theaters, so this is like my redemption. I see, but I've already been redeemed, so um, yeah, bringing something new, I think that's fair.
0: Yeah, uh, but There's just spaceship Earth.
1: I I'm looking forward to the update. It needs yeah. it. Yeah, well, inspiring, but it needs it.
0: Yeah, spaceship Earth desperately needs an update, and I feel like it's more just a technical update. Like, repl- I heard the track was going to be overhauled. That track needs to be replaced. It's so. I like you it. can hear right you go i don't
1: know if you saw me when we it, but i looked over the car and i'm like is everything okay down there <laughs> and
0: yeah. then i
1: realized we weren't just uh free floating um there's actually a floor
0: and it's it's one of those where it's like like if universal can shut down mummy for six months solely for technical stuff what's After stopping shrek what's yeah after closing shrek what's stopping from what's stopping disney from doing the spaceship earth overhaul like yeah I, I get they're not directly comparable but like come on disney come on
1: i mean they kind of are i mean spaceship earth might be the the emblem the centerpiece attraction the thesis statement but so is great movie ride and they had no problem shutting that puppy down that's true times um and by multiple times, I mean to put in the TCM refurb and then after that really didn't help things just completely. Um, but like Mummy mummy is the headliner attraction for um, studios, I think, if you're not a Harry Potter fan. Yeah. It's like, what else? Just by what I hear from people, like what else do people go there for? It's not Fallon. It's not Fast and Furious. It's not Transformers. It's like, guys, we got to do the Mummy. We got to do the Mummy. Everything else is just added value.
0: Honestly, you know, when we're, we were talking about, like, a number of attractions, and I know I was talking with my fiance Brooke the other day about, like, how, you know, they're not building additional capacity with attractions. They're just replacing high-capacity attractions with high-capacity attractions, and so the Disney parks capacity never keeps up. I feel like one of the reasons Universal can keep their lines down is because you have a ride like Transformers. It's nobody's favorite, but it is incredibly high capacity. It's high tech. And you never hear anybody coming off of it saying, that was bad. You hear people saying, that was really cool. Like, oh, we were in the middle of a battle. Um, you know, it- I think it I bruised does... my
1: side, but yes.
0: <laughs> it, but it does what it needs to do. It eats people and Universal put that where there was just a low capacity show before in the middle of the park. And so, you know, like like it's, it's not, the standout but when universal built that they added capacity and they they added a, a good attraction and i feel like disney just needs more of of that type of thing and it's also weird that it takes disney so much longer to build the clones um I you know we we talked about you know tronstruction and we talked about how long guardians took which was original but like we also talked about Ratatouille and how long that took and it's weird that, I don't know if you remember this, but Transformers from groundbreaking to opening, I want to say was either less than or just over a year
1: and they, built it. Yeah.
0: and they built it in the center of the park where there was no easy access to bring in pieces, like when you think about it, like Ratatouille, that's like, that's like tucked back in there, that's got its own corner. You can work on that whenever you want, and that took so much longer to do a a basically direct clone but the building is changed, which is essentially what Transformers is. Uh, So what, you know, what is, what does take Disney longer to do that? And is, is it, is it because Disney wants to market the clones for like a two year period is that the reason that uh, that they build them slower and just kind of treat them as original attractions? What's what's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the two-year marketing on Ratatouille really Uh.
0: Yeah, that, that's, is fair. It, that's fair. Sure, take, it's 65 minutes.
1: Sure, it's one of the longest waits in the park right now, that and Frozen. But it's also because they're the new kids in town <laughs> and they're right. good rides. I mean, it would be something else. It was like Body Wars, you know, which was the new kid in town, and then nobody liked it. And so it was like zero minute wait sometimes. Um I just watched like the Funkland video today, which is why it's on the mind. Um, but um no, there I mean they're new kids in town, but like a 65 minute wait, you still get that at Magic Kingdom on your 10 most popular rides. You still get that at Hollywood Studios on half your rides. Um I think if like Ratatouille really blew people's minds, you'd be seeing uh, flight of passage wait times, but you don't. Yeah. you just melt in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't know if it's a two-year marketing. Um, my guess is maybe they're just so spread out because they're also building the Skyliner at the same time.
0: That's very true. Skyliner was a big project,
1: and like each park had some sort of construction going on. I think maybe except Animal Kingdom, but they're still re-envisioning and budgeting their new entertainment. Right they just have more parks to work with in the country than yeah, Universal yeah. does or SeaWorld yeah. does or Bush. Um although Bush kinda of took a bit with the quasi there. I guess you can blame the Panini, but I don't know. Um but yeah, my my assumption is it's it's just they got a lot going on and so it's gonna take longer. It doesn't have to take longer, I don't think yeah. my ignorant self says but I don't know in the end at the end of the day though it's open now like when it opens yeah. you don't even think about how long it was I mean maybe if you're always going but I don't so I go I'm like yeah I can't believe Jonathan was how old you know what high school sophomore junior <laughs> yeah when this was announced but I also sat through the Kingdom Hearts 3 way for 14 years so everything is you know small potatoes
0: relative yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Before we close out and do kind of talk about where it is in the rankings, um how do we say this compares to say Hagrid's or Gringotts or Velocicoaster, all Universal's attempts at uh themed coasters and oh Hagrid's is the one that they have marketed on their billboards as a story coaster. Yeah. Um so like What's kind of the, the pros and cons of the different levels of theming between this and the other coasters? Because they're all, I'd say, at different places on the scale, where Gringotts is on the full dark ride side and VelociCoaster is on the full throw ride race. with a themed queue and just themed area generally.
1: Yeah. I guess let's start with Hagrid's so because that's probably the closest one to one comparison. Because right. They're both roller coasters that are attempting to tell a story. Hagrid's really shoots for a more simple story. You you know, keep it simple, stupid. What's what's our objective? We're going to learn. How do things go wrong? Because Hagrid's bad at magic. We've established this. And so we're gonna go on an adventure through the forbidden forest and all these things, but we're still gonna, you know, get our magical creatures lessons because we run into all of them. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the story. It's a simple story, but It's told effectively with this roller coaster concept that transcends. Yeah. As we talked about earlier, Guardians' story, once it hits the coaster part, kind of crumbles. And that's even giving it the benefit of the doubt that the story still holds up on... Like, it becomes more clear on multiple free rides. I've watched the ride videos several times, you know, and different ride videos, too, to try to get all the details. Yeah. Um, And Hagrid still tells a better story. Guardians is a more ambitious story. I will say that. It's a more ambitious story, but it still gets muddled and it's not because of the ambition
0: right it's because of the execution
1: yeah uh compared to Gringotts as you said Gringotts is way more leaning towards Dark Ride than Guardians is so they are they both have controlled spins they both have launches they both try to tell a story Gringotts is just a lot more successful in telling a story because it stops multiple times to make sure you get the show scenes which If you're there to watch a story unfold, that's awesome. But if I honestly, thinking about it right now, if I was in a theme park where Escape from Gringotts and Cosmic Rewind are right next to each other, I'd probably go to Cosmic Rewind. Story be darned, just because the roller coaster experience is more thrilling. Now, some of those G forces you really feel. So I'd probably, you know, skimp, uh, you know, go over to to Gringotts um, after two rides and then kind of, you know, warm myself back up to Cosmic Rewind um I guess it really depends on where you sit to um but yeah Gringotts has a better tells a story better than uh uh Rewind but that's also because they're working in different ways now Velocicoaster tells a very bare story and that the ride existing is itself the story exactly but similarly the build-up is very exciting it uh, is for Cosmic Rewind and for Velocicoaster. Uh, the acting is a lot better in the Velocicoaster, I think, um, in the pre-show and the Q stuff than in cosmic Rewind. Don't know what happened with some of the characterizations. Also, it's too much fun to care a whole yeah. lot.
0: I think I think we we briefly touched on that is that Gamora feels very out of character. Like yeah. her whole gimmick of being more serious than the rest of them is is lost here. Drax is perfectly in character, Star Lord's in character. <laughs> i'd say
1: first there was cake now there is toast this mission is making me hungry <laughs> that is a disney line for the ages a theme park line for the ages
0: absolutely um but yeah i would agree that velocicoaster feels like it 100 percent exists in the jurassic world canon i believe i believe that i am in the jurassic world world and the use of the characters from like bd wong being contained to his own little pre-show and Claire and Chris Pratt's interaction, which is you know, in canon wise, it's set before the movie, uh, and they really they really play to that dynamic that you have uh, in in the the infamously awful first scene released where Bryce Stiles Howard visits Chris <laughs> Pratt and they they disc they have a, a discussion of their past relationship, but like here it's it's a lot more fun. It's a lot less. Whatever that scene was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I mean, even for Chris Pratt, this is probably one of his worst performances in a the theme park ride, at least pre show wise. it's Once certainly It's on not. the ride, everything, you know, turns out okay. But
0: great. <laughs> right, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but as a roller coaster, though, Velocicoaster still tops Rewind, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Velocicoaster but, is. Yeah. A better coaster but going for a different sensation. Velocicoaster is going for sheer intensity. Cosmic Rewind really is fly through space with tunes. And at yeah. that, it succeeds marvelously. That's six um, different
1: options. Hope hope you get the one you like.
0: I don't think that I don't think that Guardians deserves the story coaster title as much as Hagrid's only because Hagrid's uses the roller coaster and its format to support its story beats. To the point where if you interview the people getting off of Hagrid's, I feel like more of them would be able to tell you specific story beats that happened than Guardians, where I think I mentioned like two hours after, I can't imagine most people remembering the villain or what he was, um, and you know that, that's it's it's interesting because you know there's like we talked about how like the you're facing the moon when the the Nova Corps ships are taking down Eson, uh, and forming the little net. It's like that's something that I saw, but that that beat did not interact with any part of the coaster. It was simply coexisting in the same space. Whereas with Hagrid's, uh, the oh you lost power and the ride reversing um that's that's you know it's a it's a uniquely haggard beat uh it's something that's unexpected if you've never ridden before that direction shift especially if you're used to things like everest where the backwards has to be a pause and then like the the lumos solemn and the being in the forest and the building that that change of setting you know gives that part of the ride a very different tone than i'd say the rest of the ride and then also, you know, you, you do have the full-sized Hagrid animatronic. You do have the full-sized fluffy animatronic. And each one of those is given, like the coaster slows down so that you can absorb that it's there. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think Hagrid's elevates, it, it takes the format of the coaster and applies that to its story beats and says, let's make each part of the coaster a story beat and uses them to interact, whereas Guardians, the story is playing out, but you are very much just in a whirlwind of flying through space. Which is is fine. I just don't think I don't think it aspires to be a story coaster in the same way that Hagrid's does or, you know, Gringotts, which really is just a dark ride with coaster segments. Um but yeah, I think I think Gringotts only Gringotts only has coaster sections because if it didn't you would have people rioting that that opportunity was not taken. Just because that that is that you watch that scene in Deathly Hallows part 2 and you're like this is a theme park ride. Mm-hmm. If you don't adapt the coaster portion of that. Um Same
1: with the hippogriff scene in Azkaban.
0: Yeah, yeah, very true. But yeah, so uh that's that's kind of our thoughts on the the comparison of the Orlando story coasters. How does it place in your rankings as far as Epcot rides, favorite Disney, all that good stuff, Adam?
1: So I don't have a hard ranking for Epcot one. As I said earlier, I'm still discovering the park. Uh, but I do have a top three. It's just hard to really piecemeal that top three. I mean, when I have to put in comparison with the whole resort, I guess I have a top three. But um, I'd say living with the land. Uh, Cosmic Rewind and Impression de France, those are pretty much locked in top three of uh, Epcot in no particular order. They all, I mean, just listening to those as my top three, they are so absolutely different from one another. Uh, <laughs> one is a slow moving transcendental ride experience about how we can better our planet and better interact with it, you know, and all that. One is a rollick and roller coaster ride through you know fiction and the other is a 20 minute travelogue with no dialogue yeah (laughs) but yeah but i think they all really really excel in their class um and they don't have those kind of like dated aspects or things that i don't like like i know soren is up there for a lot of people i just don't enjoy my experience on soren it's done well i just I'm scared of it, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> full disclosure, I'm, I'm frightened. Um, Spaceship Earth, again, needs an update. Remy's is really immersive, really cool, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it's Remy. It's Red I'm glad it's there. Yeah. Uh, Three Caballeros. I should never have seen the movie. Uh, <laughs> it makes it so. Uh, Test Track, I wish it had more thrilling parts to it um it's over the the thrill part is over too quickly but it does what it does well you know um so on and so forth and we talked about the other things we don't need to heart on mission space the and the imagination because we're talking about where's guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind it's towards the top because it does what it does really well and i like my top three in different ways and it's so much so that's hard to really parse out which one i like more among yeah them.
0: that makes sense my take on on guardians is it is the best ride at epcot um, hands down for me. Uh, I also have living with the land is my number two. Nothing. Um, I think it's, it's, it's just one of those things that's so unique and it's, it, it feels amazingly. the ride feels as alive as, as you want it to feel. I think just the setup of the scenes inside and how that prepares you for, it's like a, a almost a journey of agriculture through time. Yeah. With, like in the same way that, that spaceship earth is. But also just, yeah, like you said, it's like a, it's like a really good video essay. The ending's a little weak, um, but so are my final paragraphs in college. So <laughs> um, and then, then my number three is is Spaceship Earth. Um, I think just doing that again and and just kind of seeing history play out before your eyes is so cool. Uh, yeah. And the way the way everything's handled, the transitions, the narration. Um, like production value-wise, I think it's the the mixing is awful. The bu- the bumps are there, but I think conceptually the ending is there too. Yeah, the, the ending is certainly there too. Um, it it needs a lot of work, but I think as an attraction, it's so so unique and so like the the concept and the the execution for its time works. It you know it, it needs an yeah. update, but for when it was created and the fact that it was put in this giant sphere and that it fits and that that works is bewildering. Um and I think it's it's one of Epcot's highlights. Then I kind of go down Soren, I put Remy test track Frozen Mission Space and we'll get to the rest in our Epcot ranked episode, but uh yeah. So that's that's where it ranks for me as far as Epcot as far as Disney coasters. Uh like it certainly which which ones are the ones you're fighting with it's certainly better than rock and roller coaster and it's certainly better than everest um big thunder uh, for me i think it competes with space mountain i think there is something about space mountain that is just intangibly cool Mm -hmm. um and then there's also uh slinky dog dash obviously no no definitely I think I could I could say Guardians is Disney's best coaster. I think I'm confident in saying that.
1: Yeah, I kind of showed my hand there because I made a big assumption about you. Um, but like <laughs> with me, I'm fighting Big Thunder Mountain and Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind. And if you know anything about me and my Disney opinions, Big Thunder has really jumped each time I ride. It's just a great one to end the day with. Not so much to wait in. But when you just talk about roller coaster experience, but yeah, Cosmic Rewind is my number one Disney coaster for sure yeah and then everest Everest. so it's rewind thunder mountain everest aerosmith because to me that's a big void i don't know what i don't know my thoughts on aerosmith to be perfectly honest with you <laughs> it's it's a good coaster i guess space mountain i just got issues with it mine train dog are kind of tied for it i'm glad it's there sure um and we don't speak about um the other one the star. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm I'm one to say that it it gets added to the pantheon of of the Disney legends. Is it the best? I think that's that's hard to say. I know I know I've talked about in the past that like Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run at studios. I like I like I think I enjoy it and I want to rewrite it more than I do Rise of the Resistance, but I still put Rise of the Resistance as my number one just because I think it is the like it is objectively a better attraction. Like I acknowledge the flaws of Smuggler's Run, even though I have more fun with it. I I still think, you know, Rise is objectively the best that, that Disney's done. I think Flight of Passage is objectively more emotional than Guardians, uh in, in what it achieves and what it accomplishes. Um but it's going for a completely different vibe than Guardians. And I think if you're looking for the most fun ride at Disney I think Guardians is certainly my pick for most fun Disney attraction because it's got the length, it's got it's got the uniqueness, it's got the sensation, and it aspires to be exactly that, which is pure fun. Like Rise of the Resistance, you wanna be scared, you wanna be surprised, and Flight of Passage, you wanna feel this connection, you wanna feel like just overwhelmed with sensation. And Guardians isn't going for either of those things. It's not going for the plot twists of Rise. It's not going for the wow factor of Flight of Passage. It's going for fun, and it succeeds at that. And so I will not say it's the best ride at Disney World, but I'll say it is the most fun ride at Disney World. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. So those are our thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. I'm sure once all of you get to ride it, or if you've already ridden it, Uh, let us know in the comments uh, in the replies all that good stuff add us on twitter at workshop tp let us know like what what are your thoughts do you think guardians fits into epcot why or why not you know is it disney's best ride are are we wrong is is epcot's new direction not good does it need to be recent (laughs) is it a
1: taser face for you i hope not but it could be it's your opinion and that's what's valid man for me, it's a yeah. Zardu Hasselfrau. I'm just saying. Zardu Hasselfrau. Zardu Hasselfrau. <laughs> that's, my, right. that's my Marvel reference for the day. We could <laughs> have problem. also compared to the other Marvel rides, but we're not doing that. We're no, no. way over time.
0: We are, we are way over time. Maybe <laughs> another time we'll rank the Marvel rides. But yeah, that'll do it for Adam and I. Thank you so much for listening to the Theme Park Workshop podcast, and we'll see you next time. This episode has been produced by Adam Johnson and hosted by Adam and Jonathan. That's me. You can follow us on social media at WorkshopTP on Twitter and at Theme Park Workshop on Instagram. And you can follow Jonathan at WesleyAsYouWish on Twitter and Adam at AdamJ underscore Film. Special thanks to our patrons, Landon Kenoki and AJ Dana. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, we have multiple tiers and you can get exclusive content. So be sure to check us out at Patreon.com slash Theme Park Workshop.